Today we begin a new sermon series for a new year entitled Created Anew. It's an opportunity for us to reflect on God's good work of creation, uh, to reflect on us as humans created in God's image, and to celebrate the creativity of God and uh, our own creativity as well. In our virtual services, we'll be sharing creative works from members in the congregation as part of the celebration of creation and creativity. And you've been uh, seeing that a little bit today and will continue throughout this series of seeing uh, artistic works from members of our congregation. It seems all too appropriate to begin such a series at the beginning of it all, creation. The lectionary today gives us the first five verses of Genesis 1, which really only covers the first day of creation, but this allows us for a focused look at the beginning, the very beginning of creation, and the intention of the Creator that I think will be helpful for us to have and reflect on throughout the series. Now, I almost finished writing the sermon Wednesday afternoon, when, like many of you, I was caught up in the horrifying events of a violent mob storming the Capitol, attacking the central beacon of our nation's democracy and a pillar of freedom around the world. It was appalling and disturbing, and I find, found myself at a loss for words, which is admittedly a strange thing for a preacher to uh, have. My mind immediately went to the theologian Reinhold Niebuhr's work, Moral Man and Immoral Society. Here Niebuhr makes the case that while individuals can strive to live moral lives, this possibility becomes less and less possible in groups. The larger the group, the less possible morality becomes. In other words, we're much more likely to sin as a group than as individuals. This is ultimately the evil behind bullying and peer pressure, groupthink, and the like. And friends, we saw this kind of group immorality in full force on Wednesday. There was chaos and utter disorder, violence and desecration. This reality for Niebuhr underscores the vital need for democratic systems in common life. As he says in another essay, Man's capacity for justice makes democracy possible, but man's inclination to injustice makes democracy necessary. We as a nation, with the world watching, shared a collective relief. As National Guard and Capitol Police and other law enforcement courageously removed the mob and our elected leaders were able to reconvene and fulfill their democratic constitutional duty. Chaos and violence and disorder were overcome. They were defeated by order and peace. The creation story in Genesis 1 begins not with nothingness, as we often imagine, but rather it begins with disorder and chaos. Our Bible, our canon of Scripture, opens with the words, In the beginning, when God created the earth, the earth was formless and void. Darkness covered the face of the deep. 
that idiom for formless void in Hebrew is tohu vavohu. It almost has a spooky sound to it, doesn't it? And there really isn't a great translation for it either. Formless void is certainly an option, but other scholars say the idiom amounts to something different. Disorder. Chaos. Tohu vavohu. We're given another descriptor of this dark, formless, chaotic disorder as well. It's all water. Later, we'll hear how God causes land to emerge, but at the beginning of it all, we just really have water. Unruly, disordered, chaotic water. This might seem strange to us today as we love our beach vacations. We think of water as a source of life. It's the very element of baptism that we'll celebrate together today. But in the biblical world, many of these communities were, uh, were seaside folks. While the water provided food and livelihood for them, it was also an unpredictable and chaotic place where rogue waves could destroy a boat without warning. Most storms in their mind and experience came from the sea, and as such was believed to be the place where evil itself resided. It's no surprise at the end of Revelation when John describes the new Jerusalem descending from the heavens. One of the first things he says in its description was that the sea was no more. But... Here in the beginning, we see nothing but the unpredictable, disordered water. What's God's first action in the face of this deep, dark, disordered, watery chaos? God breathes. This word ruach in Hebrew also can mean spirit or wind. So God's first action is that the breath, the spirit, the wind of God moves over the watery chaos. Out of the ruach of God moving over the watery chaos comes the first spoken words from the divine, let there be light. God saw that the light was good, and separated the light from the darkness, making day and night. This is the first day. And here we see the beginning of a pattern that will continue throughout the following days of creation. Chaos and disorder are transformed into order. The formless void is given form and function. Now, this is music to the ears of every type A super organized person among us. As well to us Presbyterians who heed very close to Paul's words, let everything be done decently and in order. Even those of us who prefer disorder and messiness can appreciate God's action here. I myself have never really been a very organized person. If you were to look at my car or my study here at church, it would seem uh, you would see my own mess of paper piles and stuff scattered around. Now, at times, I like to think that I'm more creative in messiness, but if I'm really honest with myself, at least, this is usually just an excuse not to clean up my own mess. But I was also one of those students in school who did better when I had to balance studies with a sport or a job or sometimes both. 
because these competing priorities forced me to face structure and to not waste time. So while I was naturally disorderly, I longed for and thrived when I was given structure and order, when I needed to find that. God breathes over the watery chaos and out comes light, land, flora, and fauna, creatures, and then finally us in God's own image. Too often and for far too long, the church has emphasized the when and how and what of creation. But really, in essence, it's a story of who and of why. The who of creation is pretty simple. God. In the beginning, God created. Why did this God create? Now, this isn't quite as clear in the text, but if you ask me, I'd sum it up in a word. Love. God breathes creation over the watery chaos and sees that this creation is good. Out of this goodness comes a deep and abiding love. A love that creates us in God's own image. The divine breathing its very life into us. A love we as Christians know through Jesus, God's own eternal incarnate word made flesh. A love who, when Jesus is baptized, proclaims from above, This is my Son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Out of love, God creates order out of disorder, light out of darkness. In this time of pandemic and uncertainty, it seems that our world is full of darkness and disorder. It's tohu vavohu. The events at the Capitol this week were certainly tohu vavohu. Chaos, disorder. There's still day and night order and disorder in our world. In the midst of all of this, we trust in a God who created and continues to create, bringing formlessness into form, disorder into order, chaos into peace and calm. We see an echo of this in Jesus' act of calming the stormy sea to which his disciples wonder in awe that even the wind and the waves obey him. God is with us in the midst of the tohu vavohu, in the midst of chaos, and we trust that this God who calls us, who calls both creature and creation good, will breathe yet again calmness and peace over our troubled waters. The creation story is also a reminder, friends, of our fellowship with God and with one another. We are indeed created good in God's image. Isn't it a beautiful thing how that as humans, as different and diverse as we are in the various languages, cultures, worldviews, opinions we have, that all of us are created in God's own image? Each of us bears the image of the divine. Each of us has the same spirit, wind, breath of God within our lungs. Such a thing reminds us that we are connected to God, but also that we are indissolubly linked, connected to each other. We share the divine within us. 
in this time of division in our community, our nation, and our world, the next time we feel inclined to judge our neighbor, to bash one another, remember that they too bear the image of God. Perhaps remembering this can lead to a new feeling of unity and reconciliation. Friends, in the story of creation, we first meet a God who out of love creates peace and order to the troubled chaos of our lives and world. As we seek to come together as a nation in this turbulent moment, may we remember that God is with us in the troubled waters and promises to bring light, order, and peace. Violence, chaos, disorder, these things ultimately do not stand a chance against our loving God and God's good creation. May we remember that we all, even those we're at odds with, all of us bear the image of God. May we remember this as we find a way forward towards unity and a difficult but vital work of reconciliation. To God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all glory and honor now and forevermore. Amen.